Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. And let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Maybe not the first. Well, over here, which you cannot see, those that are watching by uh, video, we have an Advent uh, set up. Today is the first day of Advent, and this message today would be Jesus' first coming, which means Advent. Uh, the meaning of Advent, like I just said, it means arrival, and appearing, or coming. And this is why we celebrate uh, Christmas time, not just at Christmas Eve, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, as they do in England, the day after Christmas. Four weeks. Advent begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas, which coincidentally just happens to be today, and ends on Christmas Eve. As Israel longed for their Messiah to come, and they're still waiting for him to come, but he's been and gone, but he's coming again. So Christians long for the Savior to come again. Amen? And one of the most common Advent traditions involves a circle of colored candles that symbolize hope. Today we, we lit the hope candle. Hope, joy, peace, and love, man. And the center candle is the Christ candle. So now we're going to get Joe to read Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. Good morning. We're on page 1497 in the Bible in your pew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to make Mary home, to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to the son. And he gave him his name, Jesus. Praise Lord. Start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you again that for the ones that are gathered together here. We thank you for the ones that are listening by Christian radio and watching, Facebook, and uh, 
YouTube. And we just pray, Lord, that we be in the Christmas spirit today and uh, look back at the prophecies that predicted your coming birth thousands of years before it happened. So help us to be tuned in and have our ears open and concentrate and learn something for each one of us through this message. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Jesus Christ's first coming, or Advent, uh, was foretold, predicted, long before he was ever born. Thousands of years, in fact. And today we shall be looking back in history to see how prophecy and prophecies were fulfilled. In the beginning, God created the first man and the first woman named Adam and Eve. But they sinned against God because they were disobedient to his command. Having been deceived by the devil in the form of a servant. So God pronounced immediate judgment upon Adam and Eve. And also put a curse on the devil, Satan. He said, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman. In this case, the woman symbolizes all of mankind. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Her, in this case, symbolizes the Virgin Mary. He, which symbolizes Jesus Christ, shall bruise your head, your being Satan. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This symbolizes, and it's the first prophecy of the coming Lord Jesus thousands of years later, that it, Jesus would administer a death blow to Satan. He shall bruise your heel, which symbolizes, yes, Satan thought he had the victory when Jesus was crucified on the cross, but then Jesus rose again from the dead. So it wasn't a permanent death because Jesus rose again from the dead and is alive, but he shall bruise your head. It's a death blow to sin, Satan, and death. God in his mercy, so where there's always judgment, there's always mercy. Where there's God's judgment, there is always God's mercy. So he would send a deliverer to rescue us from the power of sin and the devil. So he would strike that death blow to the devil and break the curse of sin on all mankind. That person is Jesus Christ. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The one who does what is sinful 
is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Right there, even before he appeared in the form of a serpent that deceived Adam and Eve. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And he's still pretty active today. From Adam and Eve's descendants, the whole earth was populated. They were the first man, first woman, their original parents. Then over a period of time, it was mentioned in Sunday school this morning, I don't believe that was a coincidence either, a man named Noah was born and he was the only righteous man out of millions of people that populated that earth. Only one righteous man, Noah, the only God, God man. However, the Bible says the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. You think it's bad now? It was a whole lot worse back then. People were so wicked that God decided to wipe them all out and start over, to wipe off the face of the earth, that, that population, and then start over again. So he commanded the righteous man, the only righteous man that was alive at that time, to build a huge boat. It was just designed to float, that's all. Fill it with animals, two by two, so when the massive flood came, it would destroy everyone except him, his wife, three sons, and their wives. Anyone can do the math. Eight people. Having survived the flood, Noah's descendants repopulated the whole earth. But they, again, they were mostly wicked people and disobedient to God. Instead of replenishing the earth that God wanted them to do and to go forth and multiply, they stayed in one place to have their own religion and worship false gods and demons. And they built this huge tower in the city of Babel. So God had to confuse their language in order to, as Genesis chapter 11, verse 8 says, to scatter them from there over the face of the earth. See, God always gets his own way eventually. Amen? Sometimes God later called a man named Abram. And he told him, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. 
and all in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God's blessing, the promise to all the families on the earth, would come through Abram's seed from generation to generation to generation. God changed Abram's name to Abraham, and he had a son named Isaac, who was the father of two twin boys named Esau and Jacob. You're getting a history lesson this morning. God's promise to Abraham would go through Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel. Later still, because of a devastating famine in the land, Jacob and his 11 sons were forced to go to Egypt and look for food to be saved from starvation by none other than one of Jacob's sons. And his name was Joseph, who he thought was dead. Joseph had become prime minister in Egypt. He'd been sold into slavery by his jealous half-brothers, but God meant it for good. All right? Romans 8, 28. All things turn out for our good. God means everything that we do and experience for our good. So Israel's entire family were saved from starvation. They remained in Egypt, the people of Israel, for how long? 400 years. And they greatly multiplied. However, a new king arose. A pharaoh, the emperor, wasn't so friendly towards the people of Israel. He became Egypt's ruler. And seeing how so many of the Israelites were multiplying and out multiplying the Egyptians, he enslaved them and brutally mistreated them in order to reduce their population. Plus get all the buildings built, cheap labor. Whether they built the pyramids or not, I have no idea. But God raised up a deliverer named Moses. He was also from the children of Israel. That he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter in the palace, the prince of Egypt. And what did God do? Raised him up to lead the people of Israel out of bondage, back into the promised land. And God promised Moses another prophet would come one day. Listen to the prophecy in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 18 through 19. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. You know Jesus was a Jew, right? And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them 
all that I commanded him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. In other words, those people who do not listen to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on the words of the Lord Jesus Christ are doomed to destruction, are doomed to destruction. So it's vitally important that every single person on the face of the earth receive Jesus Christ as their saviour, saviour, the one who would save. The name Jesus means saviour. And there's only one saviour. Buddha is not going to save anyone. Krishna, Muhammad, any other guru, any other man. It was only Jesus that died for our sins and rose again from the dead. Amen? Amen. Only one. And there's only one way to be saved, and that's through Jesus Christ receiving him. And I hope you have, because it would determine where you will spend eternity. Whoever will not listen to my words, and he that shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Judgment day is coming. One of Abraham's descendants was a shepherd boy named David, who later became the king of Israel. It's amazing what God can do in the life of a, anybody who's willing to be obedient. Little shepherd boy became the king of Israel. And he made a covenant or an agreement with David. And he said this, 2 Samuel chapter 7, 12, 13. He says, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, in other words, when you die, I will raise up your offspring after you. Jesus comes through David's seed. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house in my name. He's referring to Solomon in that case. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. How long is forever? An everlasting kingdom. That's what we've got to look forward to in the new heaven and the new earth forever and ever and ever. There will be no end. An everlasting kingdom. Will you be there? Yes. <laughs> you better make sure you're going to be there because you're either saved or you're lost. But God came to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. I'm so thankful that he sought me out and saved me. Eh? God bless you, dear Lord. So God promised from David's seed would come a king of an everlasting kingdom. That king is Jesus who will reign as the king of kings and the Lord of lords forever and ever and ever, and there will be no end. Bless you. 200 years 
after the death of David, during the reign of King Ahaz, the Lord said to his prophet, not Ahaz, the Lord, Isaiah, this is what he said, and you're familiar with this verse, I'm sure. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know, if you've lived long enough as a Christian, Emmanuel means God with us. This is fulfilled also in the New Testament. We read this morning, we heard this morning in Matthew chapter 1, fulfilled by the birth of Jesus Christ. This prophecy was given to Isaiah 750 years before Jesus was even born. So let's conclude every single prophecy about Jesus' first advent came true and also the Bible teaches that one day Jesus will return again at his second advent or his second coming. Some of you have got these handouts, all right? You've got 11 questions today. You've got, you've got a bonus question, all right? Many years later, after Jesus rose again from the dead, 40 days later after Jesus rose again from the dead, he was there with his disciples, 11 of them. One had committed suicide, Judas, because he betrayed the Lord. While they were there with Christ, Jesus ascended into heaven and went through the clouds. And there were two angels standing there and they told the disciples who were, who were gobsmacked, as we say in England. Never seen that before. Talk about levitation. You know, this is not some Vegas uh, stunt. This really happened. Jesus did it. And these two angels said to the disciples, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So there's a prophecy of the future return, the second advent of Jesus Christ, that he will come back the same way that he entered the first time. Amen? About 20 years after Jesus' ascension back into heaven, the New Testament prophet, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the Christians in Turkey to clarify what will, future event, what will happen at Jesus' second advent, Jesus' second coming. And this is what he said. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. 
but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers. Some verse, versions say ignorant. And there's so many people that are uninformed about Jesus' second coming and how it's, how it's going to take place. Don't need to be. It's perfectly clear. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. Now, that, those who are asleep is referring to Christians that have died. That you may not grieve as others who do not have any hope. If you don't have Jesus, you've got no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So in other words, he's coming back the same way he left when he ascended, through the clouds with Christians that have already died when that happens. For we declare to you by the word of the Lord, and it's not Paul's opinions or ideas. He's a prophet inspired by the Holy Spirit to write God's thoughts down. For I declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive, like we are now, if Jesus was returned, he would return to the saints, the Christians have already died. They're coming back with the Lord. But we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. This is what's going to happen. For the Lord himself will descend. That's the opposite of ascending. Amen. He's coming down. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. So when you hear that trumpet, be ready. Be ready. You're going to be taken out. You're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. How quickly can you blink? And the dead in Christ, those that have already died, fallen asleep, this is talking about resurrection. They're going to receive a resurrected body like Jesus' resurrected body. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He took off. He ascended into the clouds, did he not? He's going to come back in like manner. He'll be in the clouds with the saints. When the saints go marching in, will you be there? To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Are you encouraged this morning? All our loved ones that have passed, that have died, who are with the Lord, will return. So if the Lord was to come back now, we shall be changed and we're going to join them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, when we die physically, 
we're still going to be with the Lord. But this is talking about the second advent, the second coming. So, there are numerous prophecies that we don't have time to read them all regarding Jesus' first advent. This is the first day of advent. But there's also numerous prophecies regarding his second advent that are yet to be fulfilled. Are you with me? Somebody's nodding. Well, don't nod off. You don't need to because I'm all done. All right. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. We hope and pray that these things were made clear. I know it's difficult. But uh, with your Holy Spirit, you reveal the truth. And if we've got any questions, we can uh, discuss those things later or look into your word to verify what's already been prophesied and fulfilled. Your first advent, your first coming. Thank you, Lord, that you came the first time to save us from our sins. And we look forward to your return. What a day that will be. And we don't know when, but we look at the signs of things going on in the world, and these are just signs to remind us of your imminent return. So we need to be ready. Be ready. Be ready. And uh, let's share our faith with those that are not ready. So they can be ready as well. And I hope and pray those that you that have never received Jesus as your Savior, remember that he came the first time for you to die in your place so you wouldn't have to face judgment. Those that are outside of Christ that have never received him are under the death sentence, under condemnation of death for the wages of sin is death, not just physical death, but spiritual death. So you need to be born again. You need to receive Jesus and be born again and made alive in Christ. The only way you can do that, believe what Jesus did for you on that cross, that he suffered and died for you, a sinner, paid the price so you wouldn't have to face judgment an eternal separation from him forever and ever and ever. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he was buried after he died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead. He is alive. Forty days later, he rose, he ascended into heaven, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So if you want to go to heaven, and who wouldn't, only a fool, would not want to go to heaven. Nobody in their right mind would want to choose to go to hell. But that's your destination if you reject Jesus. But if you receive him, then he will receive you as a child of God. And I hope and pray that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. 
for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.